life happens in multiple situations all at once to one human. Being okay with laughing at a party while knowing that I'm still sad, not getting feeling guilty about moving forward with my life as I started to. And that's why I have like things to anchor into him so I don't feel like I've lost touch. Welcome back to another episode of Going There with Life Coach Jen Bertinen. Going There is a show where no topic is off limits and no story too much. Each week features real, honest, unfiltered, and oftentimes hilarious conversations about all the things that make us, break us, and shape us, shared in the spirit that healing is possible. Side note, this is an adult show with adult language about adult topics, probably not the best to play in front of the kiddos. And where possible, I will provide content warnings in case a topic is especially sticky for you and you'd rather avoid. For more information, head over to goingtherewithjen.com. And now on to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I am super thrilled for my guest, as always. But today I have Brandy Morris. Brandy and I have been online, I don't even want to say friends, maybe acquaintances for a number of years, kind of in the same online business circles. And recently, we actually connected at a deeper level. And I would say that we are pretty good friends now. What would you say, Brandy? I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Happy to have you here today and hear more about your story. One of the first times that we had a conversation, you had mentioned the year of contrast. And I found it really, really enticing. This concept that we have all these contrasts in our in our world. Our world can be both heavy and light. Our world can be both really painful and really joyful. And having the capacity to hold space for both, I think is so important for people who are on their healing journeys is being able to hold space for both the pain and the joy. So I'd love to hear more about that because I know listeners out there are going through similar things and it's always helpful to feel less alone. If we go back like almost a year and a half now, my now fiance Brent moved into my home and that was in September. And then on December 6th, I get a text from my uncle that my dad had fallen. Now my dad had like a lot of issues. He was diabetic. He had some kidney disease. He had COPD. And he was also the primary caregiver for his wife, Bonnie, who was 15 years older than him. Oh my goodness. So he had all of that on top of his own. Yeah. Fast forward through all that. A week later, my dad passes away. It was a super surprise. We knew he was ill, but we were not anticipating for him to pass at that time. So I'm like in the middle of like meeting the man of my dreams, losing my best friend. And my dad was my second parent to be gone. It's just like kind of navigating that whole life as what's weird thinking of yourself as an orphan at 40, but it it still does feel that way. But then also having this partner who stepped up in a way that I never could have known he could have stepped up in had I not been in that situation. Falling in love so much more deeply because we've had this vulnerability together and this really, really tough time. Like he met the large majority of my family when they rushed to the hospital because we were told my dad was probably going to go that night. And that's when he met almost everyone. Luckily, he met my dad and they got along very well. Oh, I just got chills. That's amazing. How long had you been with Brent when this happened? When my dad passed, we were together for, we were just reaching our year. It was a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I love what you said, though, is that it helped through pain. It created this deeper understanding and bond and something beautiful came from that. I mean, obviously you don't wish your dad had passed away, especially that way. What does that look like 
for you since when that happened and where you're at now? I spent a week with him every day in the hospital. Probably definitely going to cry on this, just so you know. It was a tough time. I don't feel like I'm like, feel like this all the time anymore. But every once in a while, with the right person holding the right amount of space, this is what happens. But I feel in general, you just get a new normal. Like people who say it's going to pass, it doesn't ever pass. Like that's not a thing. But you find a new normal. You find a new way to connect to that person. My good friend and healer, Allison Joy, who's amazing and actually the officiant of my wedding, once told me a long time ago that you can always remember how someone made you feel. Like you miss the person and you're never going to have that moment with them. But I know what I'm missing when I want to talk to my dad because he was my best friend, right? What I can do is I can think, okay, I want to tell my dad about this. This is why, because I know he would make me feel this way. And I can try and access that. It does help quite a bit. Yeah, that parent energy that you just, the need for that never goes away. I mean, my mom is 73 and both her parents passed away in the last few years. And she still talks about, like you go to call your mother and then you realize she's not there. Yeah, but I love what you said. I haven't heard it that way before of really thinking like, this was the energy that this person brought. This is what the relationship meant to me. Almost embodying that to give yourself what you need in the moment, even though that person isn't there any longer. And I feel like one of the things that I find most fascinating in myself, I'm my dad in many ways. Like if you knew my dad, basically knowing me is knowing my dad in most ways. (laughs) We're both super weird, really outgoing, like to be a shoulder for people. He always wanted me to have better boundaries. And I never could take that lesson from him. And it seems like this year, he just like gave it to me. I'm like, boundaries everywhere. Like... (laughs) And I guess like maybe it's self-preservation. I've been going through a lot, but it's definitely been helpful. And I always think like, thanks, dad. Like you really helped me. (laughs) Do you find yourself having conversations with him often? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely have uh, conversations with him. There's a picture of him and my mom that's on my desk there. And I like to, yeah, nice to have them looking over me. Does he ever visit you in your dreams? I haven't had that yet. It always makes me sad. I'm like, one day, one day I'm going to dream. I feel like I don't dream as much as I used to when I was younger. There's supposed to be something where you can set an alarm and then like fall right back to sleep in the morning and that will start dreams for you. So I'm like, I might try that. And I'm like, I want to dream. I want to hang out with my dad in a dream. That sounds really fun. I'm a pretty vivid dreamer, but I recently started taking CBD gummies for sleep, which is so dumb because A, they're like $55 for a month's worth and B, I don't have problems sleeping. So I don't, it's not like I need these. I just wanted to try them, right? But I found that I, I dream a lot less. Anyone out there listening, if you're a dreamer and no, no, you're not, you're taking CBD gummies, that might be why. That's a good heads up. So I've had a few guests on going there that have talked about the loss of a parent. And something that's been true with those guests, and I don't know if it's true with you, is that you're in this grieving process. And, you know, from the get go, everyone around you is very supportive, very loving, whatever you need. And then it almost reaches this point in time, this line in the sand, if you will, where all of a sudden people aren't there as much as, as, and you're, you're still in this deep grieving and, and it almost turns into this deep loneliness of like, Hey, I'm still over here, barely keeping my head above water. Where did everyone go? And so I'm wondering if you experienced that at all. A little bit. I found up front that there were people that surprised me that weren't able to be in deep emotion with me. I could tell that 
it was more uncomfortable for them to try and comfort me than it even was for me to be around them with, without them trying to comfort me at all. Like, so you're like, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like, it thanks, fine. No, thanks. I found that I found helpers in the strangest of places, just like people who are in this club, the club that no one wants to be in of having lost a parent and they know what it's like and they know these stories and they, those feelings. And so they were there to help me get through all of those times. I do feel that there was a point where life goes on. It has to. And it's easier for those who aren't in the day-to-day with someone or, or talking to someone, you know, every other day to move forward. Having Brent, I always think like if I was single going through what I went through last year, I don't know how I would have done it because he's somehow very good at just holding my hand and letting me cry and not trying to comfort me and not trying to like cheer me up he does comfort me he'll hold my hand and he looks at me like would you like to be cheered up like or would you like me to just let you cry (laughs) that helps a lot but then like my nana passed away nine months after or eight months after my dad oh wow so a lot of loss yeah so it was just like it was just a kind of a garbage year um and my nana was like my third parent It was tough. And then also for like his brothers and and sister to also be grieving. So it's just a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so Brent not only had to help you through your dad's passing, but your Nana's passing. It's like a double whammy for him. How amazing to have a partner though that you go through this with and you know what they're made of. That's the thing. Like it's such an easy decision to say yes to the proposal when you're like, I definitely know that you can handle all of it. I know you have my back. <laughs> you are you are there for me. Have you always had that in your life? A partner like that? Someone who has your back. My dad. My dad and I were all like even before my mom passed away. So I was eight and my mom passed away, but we were always close because my mom would work uh, days and my, my dad would work nights. My dad would be with me all day. We were very close. We had our own little languages and the besties. He's always had my, he's he's been someone I can always go to. It was more important that I told him the truth and was safe than lie so that I wouldn't get in trouble. Like he made it very open door policy. That's amazing. What was his name? Brian. Oh, he sounds like a phenomenal person. He's a pretty great guy. Yeah. People really love him. <laughs> yeah. So tell us more about the contrast. I mean, you've mentioned Brent in, a number of times and how he's he was there for you, but what does that look like today? Like where are you at with your journey and how does that contrast look today? Well, it's exciting. You know, we're planning a wedding. It was funny when he proposed, he proposed October 27th, something like that. I don't know. It's a year, roughly a year before the wedding. So <laughs> uh, people were like, it's about time. I'm like, we have not been together for two years. Like it's, it's not, <laughs> but because of the life that we've experienced in this time. And I feel like the thing that is besides the endless support, the fact that I have someone who gets me in a way that very few people do. If anyone, maybe my bestie, that's about it. I know the other day I did some weird series of sounds. I'm very weird. And my that's definitely like exactly like my dad. Like, I don't know what I was doing, but like beep, boop, beep, whatever. And he just looks at me with so much love and he goes, you're so normal. And we like the Muppets together. We're super whimsical people and we can be that way together. And it goes a long way. And, and what I think is the most telling is how much everyone in our life is rooting for us. That's, I think, the the key where I'm like, okay, like it's not just me being blinded by something. Yeah, you're not just living in your bubble. You have lots of outside evidence. Everyone, his family, my family, friends and family, like all of it is very much on board with our 
union. So it's going to be a big party. And we're very excited. But now it's like, that's a whole other kind of stress, right? <laughs> it's a whole other kind of stress. Uh, given what's going on right now in the world, I'm kind of glad it's an October wedding. But uh, we shall see how it all goes down. How are you doing getting through the COVID-19 stuff? I don't want to call it hoopla because that makes light of it. That's like the word that came to mind, but I'm trying to be more tactful. <laughs> I'm not known for my tact. It's funny. I feel like there's this like sad commentary on society going on right now that makes me a little bit sad to watch how people are focusing on whether or not we should be afraid or whether or not and be selfishly hoarding supplies. I'm not going to cancel my trip because X, Y, Z. And I, and I get it. I get why it sucks to cancel your trip. But I also think like this is a time for the greater good. Yeah. You know, I flew home from a work trip yesterday and it was a little bit surreal walking through the airports because I had a connection flight too and seeing all the people in masks. And at first, you know, I found myself like, oh, masks don't help. And then I was like, wait a sec, stop right there, Jen. I have no idea. Is that person immunocompromised? Do they live with someone whose immune system is compromised? I'm like, no, you're not going to judge people for wearing masks and what have you. But it was definitely, definitely surreal. It is. And I love that you challenge your beliefs and your thoughts. Because I think that goes a long way with the world. It's just like, let's just look at people as humans for a second. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and I am only human, right? I definitely have my flaws and make mistakes. But I was just reading an article today, and not that we're going to spend a lot of time on the COVID stuff, but a man on a JetBlue flight had been tested before he got on the flight got his results while on the flight and told the crew afterwards. I'm like, so he just endangered everyone on the plane, everyone in security that he was in contact with, everyone at the airport. Like how fucking selfish can a person be? Seriously, to have enough symptoms that you go get tested. <laughs> like, why is that not enough information right there to make a better decision? I guess it's, there's like a, fight or flight instinct that must come up that I we don't know yet. I don't know. I don't know how it works when you're making those kind of decisions, but I'd like to think that I would pick the right one. But I guess we don't know unless we're in it. I don't know. I'm always like, what would I do? Like, I'm assuming I would just do the right thing, but would I panic? Like, I don't, would I go into this other mode that I don't know about myself? I doubt it, but like, you know, who knows? You never know. <laughs> you never know. But back to kind of grief. I'm wondering what advice, what would have been helpful for you to know going into that year of losing both your dad and your Nana? See, I've always been really comfortable with sadness, with knowing about my, like with dealing with my mom. They're very different. It's, it's interesting. They're very different experiences to lose a young and then as an adult. There's this book I'm trying to look at, uh, Megan Devine, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. I think I've heard of that. We'll include that in the show notes. There is her Instagram was originally what happened. My friend sent it to me because she had, she's an amazing human being. She'd immediately gone to search for how to support a friend grieving. That was her first instinct was, I don't know how to do that. I want to do it well. She teaches on refuge and grief as an Instagram. And she teaches both how to deal with grief and how to support people in grief. There's a line in her book that says, grief is an extension of love. And that has been my like anchor. If there's my feel grief, it's because I got to love really hard. Yeah, that's beautiful and kind of heavy and just poignant. It's a lot, right? It's just like, oh, 
God, what a powerful statement. Well, and to carry that statement with you, because again, it's it's not like grief is a one and done thing. I mean, no shit, Jen, but it, the waves are ongoing, right? And sometimes the waves will be more intense and sometimes they'll be a little bit less and what have you. But to be able to carry such a powerful statement with you, I have to imagine goes a long way in getting through those waves as best you can. It does. And it also like, I know this sounds terrible, but sometimes it's just like easier to help other people. I feel like there's a lot of people who can't handle your grief or like even during your sad news and maybe they're empaths. I don't know, but I'll, you tell someone what happened to you and then you find yourself consoling them because they're crying. <laughs> so I could say that to like kind of make them feel better. It was like a little tool. Like, can I get out of this awkward situation now? I'm kind of moonwalk out of here. But um, it was that and giving myself the ability to feel multiple feelings at the same time. And that's why I think the year of contrast is, is so important and something I was excited to talk to you about and share with other people is that it's okay to lose one of the most important men in your life at the same time you're meeting another one and be sad about one and happy about the other. It's okay to have all of those feelings at the same time because life happens in multiple situations all at once to one human. Being okay with laughing at a party while knowing that I'm still sad, not getting feeling guilty about moving forward with my life as I started to. And that's why I have like things to anchor into him so I don't feel like I've lost touch. So having those little, like I, my giant tattoo and a little corner in my house that's dedicated to my dad so that I have that, those touch points so that it doesn't feel like I'm losing so much touch. Yeah. And I just, what comes up for me is just having grace for ourselves that we are complex creatures and we are capable. I think so many people are walking around wounded, if not everyone to some degree. And so many are stuffing that all down inside, much to the detriment of their entire lives, right? And it's sad, it's tragic. And what I'm getting from you is that instead of going that way, you really embraced the feelings and your complexities and your capacity to hold all of that. And you're not unusual. I mean, you are, you are, right? But you're not. (laughs) You're a human being who is capable of holding all of that and feeling those feelings. And I think that's beautiful. That's what I would hope others are able to do I think everyone is they have to accept it like I think that's what like it's the guilt and the thought that the book talking but also my experience it's like there's this deadline like once you hit the one year mark you're like well the first year is the hardest apparently it's only the one that's hard like I'm not supposed to be sad anymore that's an interesting like just give yourself that space don't listen to like the world they just want things to be easier and they're just trying to make sense of the world and navigate but just be sad as you need to be for as long as you need to be. Yeah, I feel like that's advice that can cross all genres, not just grief. (laughs) Happiness, all of it. (laughs) Look at you dropping the wisdom here. (laughs) It's important. So what else about the year of contrast? Did you write about it at all? I did share quite a bit on my uh, Facebook page. I know that for some it was like, oh, Brandon's talking about her dead dad again. But for most... For most, it was helpful for the very reason that you have this show. There's other people going through stuff in the world. I think it's important to show emotion and that are deemed quote unquote negative because people need to know that they're okay. So I shared a little bit about that. One of the things that really came out of this that I think is interesting was my experience in my dad passing. 
in that the hospital that I was at, I had this amazing doctor. They have these, they're called ICU something, like the head doctor who makes all the decisions in the ICU for a whole week. And so every Friday they change. For the week that I was with my dad every day, I had this man who was very kind, but very to the point. And he told me he didn't sugarcoat. He didn't do anything like that. He was great. But on the Friday, the day that my dad passed, it switched to this woman, Dr. Cook. And she runs a program called the Three Wishes Program. That is for people that are in hospice or an ICU and helps them have death with dignity. So she got music. She asked me what music my dad liked. She got a special blanket. She took as many tubes off of him as she could while he passed. And then they left me. Oh, they had candles. <laughs> then they left the room and let me have my moment with my dad as he passed. And I was holding his hand. That stuff has to happen more. It's just like, why doesn't it? And I know that that's that too big of a question, but it sounds so simple to be able to do that. It's amazing. Like that was the small scale because they only had moments to come up with that. They do things like renew wedding vows for couples and send them on trips and do just small budget things that they can do to just make those last days a little bit more special. I just think that compassion, I just think the compassion that I was able to see in those moments from the medical professional. Well, and to go from the guy who is all about business and telling it like it is to, to this woman who is like, we're going to help him pass away with dignity and use inquiry to make sure that the experience for everyone, not just your dad, but for everyone is as good as possible in something fairly shitty. She encouraged me to tell her stories about him. She hugged me like she was holding me at one point. Like just what a wonderful woman. Dr. Deborah Cook, you're the best. <laughs> we do stay in touch there. Supposed to be doing a painting for me. Yeah, they're like they're really nice people. <laughs> we need more people like that. And that's what I mean about like there's I think that of the year of contrast, it's not just having Brent be there for me. It was like my bridesmaids were such an easy choice because it was the three women who were holding me up as I went through that year. It wasn't even, it was like, obviously, you really get to see how people are, are able to be. And I think I learned how to receive too, because I don't think I, I really knew that yet. Yeah. How do you think you learned to receive? Because that is hard for people. I think out of necessity. I think I didn't have a choice. I knew I was not myself. I knew I couldn't do like the things and just simple things like my upstairs neighbor bringing down a lasagna. It goes a long way. Or when my dad was still in the hospital, people sending me Tim Horton's gift cards so that I had coffee while I was with him every day. It's just those little tiny things that we can do for each other. And I think that the need for a sense of strong community is what really came out of this year. We heal in community and we don't heal in isolation. We really do. And I think that more of us need to learn how to be community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wonder who out there is teaching how to be in community. Does anyone come to mind? The person that comes to mind, I can't name because I don't think they are doing it actively right now. But I do know people that are working on things for that very purpose. Yeah, because I'm still in my own journey. I'm still learning how to be in friendship. And that's been a, a few years for me now. So I, I feel very comfortable. But that's kind of the level I'm at, right? Is how to be an amazing friend, which then will bubble up into bigger and bigger spaces. But that's where I'm at. I'm not a community builder right now. There are two people that come to mind. Michelle Woodward, who's a coach. I think I shared one of her posts today about like things you can do while you're in quarantine, like just to like take off some of that panic edge. And then Desiree Attaway, her morning posts, like give me life every single day. 
every day. Again, we'll include all of these amazing resources in the show notes because grief is not something that will ever go away. And the more people that can go through it as beautifully as you have with the support that you've had, it's shitty that your dad died, but it sounds like you've learned so much. You've learned you had the support, you've had the community, you've had the resources. And obviously we just wish that for everyone. Yeah. And you know, I think there's also to the fact that when you're in grief, that person probably set you up for success as a parent to be able to have that moment and think like, they gave me this, they helped me build this community, right? Like my dad gave me the personality I have to build the community around me. And it's an awesome personality. (laughs) So with that, you're getting married in October. What else is on the horizon for you? Well, as you know, I'm launching my business, getting back into the brilliance work. That's a huge nod to my dad. The brilliance piece is about kind of letting your freak flag fly. And that's what my dad did really well. I love that that's kind of come back into my life and, and being part of my business again. So I'm excited about it. And homage, homage to your dad. I love that. One last question for you. I appreciate you being so open and sharing and even letting your emotions come out because that's very real. We're here to be real. If we really knew your heart, what would we know? And it can be silly. It can be poignant. It can be whatever you want. You know, honestly, it's that I think that I truly believe that everyone is worthy and deserving of love. Like I really think, I really feel that. I get that from you for sure. Well, thank you so much, Brandy. I can't wait to share this episode with people. I know that you're such an example of what is possible. And the more people that can see that and kind of put that in their own hearts, the better. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. And as always, you can find more information at goingtherewithjen.com, including how to sign up for an introductory coaching session and get in on my list of favorite really hard questions for when you're ready to look in the mirror and face your shit. I'll be back again next week. And in the meantime, remember that healing is possible and sharing our stories helps others feel less alone. Until then.